Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. Uh, I'm H.D. Chambers, Superintendent of Schools for Ailey ISD. And uh, we are here uh, to share some information or the most updated recent information that we have. In particular, we are attempting to to communicate with our, our staff, the Ailey ISD staff. Uh, we are attempting to communicate with the Ailey ISD parents of students of Ailey. And then obviously we're attempting to communicate with students and then the general community at large. This podcast, this episode of Impact Ed is just one one of many, many, many ways we are attempting to get information out to all of the audiences of our uh, of our school district and our community. And if others in other districts or other communities can benefit from this, then uh, even better. So I am going to tell you, we are recording this. This is a recording. It's March the 19th, Thursday, March the 19th at approximately 9.30 a.m. And so as you listen to this, at whatever point you listen to this, I just want to reference that things may have changed <laughs> since uh, since we recorded this episode. So uh, again, uh, this is March 19th, Thursday morning, March the 19th at uh, at 9.30 a.m. I'm being joined on the phone by uh, Ailey ISD's Deputy Superintendent for Curriculum Instruction, Ms. Ava Montgomery, and uh, she will be uh, chiming in and helping provide some insight on a lot of issues, uh, in particularly the the issues surrounding how we're going to try to, to deliver instruction, how we're going to try to maintain some type of, of learning for all of our students uh, while they're at home. I'll preface this by saying we understand that is going to be extremely fluid, extremely uh, not difficult, just just it's just going to be fluid. It's going to be a it's going to be an effort that uh, that a lot of folks are not accustomed to. So we will talk more about that. But here are the things I'd like to talk about today, uh, and uh, hopefully this was helpful to everyone. Uh, I'm dividing this conversation into four sections. The first one will be about business operations, the business side of our school district. Uh, the second part of it will be our curriculum and instruction part of it, which is the teaching and learning. Uh, the third part of it's going to be directed to our class of 2020 seniors, parents of our class of 2020 seniors, and then obviously to the seniors themselves as it relates to graduation requirements and commencement exercises and all the things that are that would be happening right now over the next two or three months leading up to graduation, because I know that's a, that's a critical issue on a lot of people's minds right now. And then uh, the fourth is going to be future communications, uh, just kind of talking through how we're going to continue to try to communicate and encourage uh, students, parents, staff members, and in the, in the general community where to go, where to visit, where to find the most recent accurate information regarding the Aleph Independent School District, and in many cases, the state of Texas. So with that, before I get started, Ava, I just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, everyone's kind of in a, this is new territory for all of us, and so thank you, Ava, for joining us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here, and you know, any information that we can share to help try to put people at ease, um, that's what we're here for. Thank you. I want to express my appreciation today to the uh, instructor who leads our digital media program here at the Center for Advanced Careers, Bobby Gesh. He left his home and left his family and and came in here and, and is helping produce this episode uh, Samson Kim, who's the Dean of Instruction, uh, the Dean of the Center for Advanced Careers, and then our Director for Public Relations, Ms. Kimberly Smith. For those of you that have listened to this before, you've heard her on the on episodes. But And then the Aleaf Police Department, we have Aleaf uh, law enforcement officers who are helping ensure security and, and the safety of, of everyone as we enter our facility. So I just want to let everyone know that there are Aleaf folks that are that are leaving their homes and coming in here to help us try to get this communication out. So I sincerely appreciate that. And I know the school board appreciates that. The last thing I will share on that and then I'll get started is uh, this past Tuesday evening, Tuesday, what would that have been, March 17th, uh, at 6.30 I held an emergency board meeting via telecommunications. That should be on our board website. Uh, if not already, it should be pretty soon. But we did it through the phone, uh, through telecommunications, so that we didn't have a large gathering of people. So if anyone's interested in listening to that conversation, it's going to be very similar to the one you're getting ready to hear on this podcast. So with that, I am going to move forward. And here's some things that uh, that I think are, are relevant to mostly staff members, but but others may be interested. And it has to do with the business side of the district. So first of all, I want to be clear that uh, the state of Texas, the Texas Education Agency, you're going to hear me refer to TEA a lot 
TEA stands for the Texas Education Agency. They're our, our kind of our compliance uh, arm of, of public education in the state of Texas. Uh, the commissioner, the head of public education, uh, the Texas Education Agency is Mr. Mike Morath. And uh, uh, he has been in communications with all superintendents, all districts across the state. I personally believe that the, he himself and the uh, agency have done a, as good a job as possible. I think they've done a really good job of of taking a really difficult situation and trying to communicate and keep uh, all of the local school districts across the state of Texas informed. So TEA is continuing to fund public education across Texas, including ALEAF, just like it always has. Nothing has changed. I know people are watching the stock market and people are watching you know, the economy, if you will, and what various sectors of the economy are, are shutting down or temporarily closing. I know all that's going on, and uh, but I want you to know that the state of Texas is continuing to fund public ed as if we were in session right now. Uh, so we're receiving funds, and we'll continue to receive funds. Uh, ALEAF ISD, in particular, is extremely well positioned. From a cash flow perspective, we have plenty of money and plenty of uh, reserves, if you will. So uh, just want everyone to know know that, that we are in, in good financial position, and no one should be concerned about that at this time. I know a lot of the staff members, one of their first questions is, as it relates to the money, is compensation. And uh, I want to be very clear, ALEAF always has and and, and will continue uh, to pay all staff, all scheduled staff, all employees that are scheduled to work and have been working. You will continue uh, to be compensated uh, throughout this entire closure. There's been rumors going around and people out there worried about is their last check on the March 31st check or the April 15th check. Uh, I'm here to tell you that that uh, we are we are going to continue paying comp- uh, paying employees as we have and um, that's I just don't want anybody be, to be worried about that. I will be recommending to the board a resolution to continue the compensation plans for for everyone just coming Tuesday night and uh, we will uh, we will as I mentioned we will continue paying everyone's salaries. Uh, I want everyone to be aware there's going to be a very detailed document. It's being prepared as we speak, but there's going to be a very detailed uh, document that we're going to place on our coronavirus webpage as well as send it out to staff that outlines various scenarios about people because I know we have part-time workers, we have you know long-term substitutes, we have hourly employees, we have professionals. I mean, you name it, and we've got them under our ALEAF umbrella. And this document will spell out, you know, the kind of how we're going to process and what's going to be done in, in order to continue uh, compensating all salary. But everyone should expect their paychecks at the end of March. You should expect your paycheck in April, uh, at the end of April. So don't don't worry, but be on the lookout for communication that is going to go into more detail than I'm able to uh, go through right now on this podcast. Uh, another big complex issue that we're going we're gonna to begin beginning this coming Monday, the March 23rd, is providing uh, breakfast and lunch to all A-Leaf students. Here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, we, right now, have identified five schools, tried to centrally locate them in various areas, uh, and here they are. Bush Elementary, Heflin Elementary, Horn Elementary, Smith Elementary, and A-Leaf Middle School. So again, it's Bush Elementary, Heflin Elementary, Horn Elementary, Smith Elementary, and Aleaf Middle School. So those five schools, beginning March the 23rd, will at 9 a.m. will begin serving a breakfast and lunch together at the same time in a sack lunch type bag, if you will, uh, for people to either walk up or to drive through. It's a it's kind of a, a grab and go. Uh, we are going to practice uh, the social distancing. So if you're walking up, we are going to expect you to respect the social distancing of six feet or so as you pick up your child's breakfast and lunch for that day. And uh, if you're driving through, then obviously we'll meet you at your wind, at your door, at your vehicle and give it to you and, and you can be, be on your way. So I want to be clear about a couple of things. One, this is going to begin Monday, March 23rd. That's this coming Monday at 9 a.m., it will run each day until we're done. So uh, we have a set number of students in our district uh, that we are preparing these meals for, and when we run out, we're, we're out. Please be respectful of the, of the number you're asking for. Who's eligible? The people that the students who are eligible to get this breakfast and lunch beginning on the 23rd at 9 a.m. 
or any ALEAF ISD student. So if you're a family with one student, you get one. If you're a family with two students, you get two. If you're a family with three students, you get three, etc. That does not matter what age they are, from pre-K through seniors in high school, whether they're 18, 19 years old, doesn't matter. Also, students, children, young, 18 or younger, are eligible, whether they reside in ALEAF ISD or not. So we have to be, we're, we're, our first priority is to serve ALEAF ISD students, uh, but we're going to do the best we can to serve other students as long as they meet the age requirement. We are not going to ask for IDs. We're not going to ask for proof of age or proof of uh, enrollment in the school district. I'm asking for people to, to be uh, <laughs> the old honor system. Uh, so please bear with us. Uh, we, we do not have an unlimited amount of, of meals. Uh, it is not unlimited, and we are attempting to get these into the hands of our most needy students and the students who, who, uh, who are eligible. And they are, those, again, those ALEAF ISD students. So it's first come, first serve. And again, just be patient with us. If you are interested, uh, I would encourage you to look on the Houston Food Bank website. Again, again, the Houston Food Bank website. Uh, there's a lot of different, a lot of different um, sites in which people are trying to donate food for just general families, not necessarily school related, just in general. Uh, hopefully this made sense to you. Again, Bush, Heflin, Horn, Smith, and Ailey's Middle School, March 23rd. And right now we will run through April the 9th. And I'm going to talk more about the dates in a little bit. Begins at 9 a.m. We are very well aware that we may have to extend the number of schools. We may have to adjust, modify. But this is how we're going to start, and we will learn from this first week's operation. Uh, let's move on to cleaning of facilities. There's a, Right now our facilities are empty. Uh, now, we do have some employees coming in. But those employees are only coming in based on uh, approval through our, we have a chain of command process for who's entering our buildings and who's not. But uh, just know as a, as a message to the general public that we're aware of our facilities, we're taking care of our facilities, and even though we're out, we, we're not abandoning them during this, this closure. We're, we're making sure they're taken care of. So just be aware of that. Just be aware that we're, we're maintaining your assets as a taxpayer. These are your assets and we're maintaining them. Uh, risk management. This is to mostly staff members. If you have any concerns, if you think that you need to be tested if you th for the virus, if you think you've been in contact, if you think anything related to, uh, to, to being exposed potentially, we are encouraging you to go to our website and communicate through our risk management. I will talk about our webpage in one second, but we are asking you to, to work through our risk management uh, department. That staff is prepared. Uh, and they have done a lot of work with Aetna. I won't go into all the details, but please know that our third-party administrator, Aetna, and the healthcare providers, whether you're on Kelsey Seabold or with Memorial Hermann, we are, uh, they are working to minimize any concerns, any delays. Uh, they're waiving all, all uh, co-pays for, uh, for anyone that needs to be tested related to the coronavirus so uh, any questions you have, any concerns you have related to the, to the health component of this and health insurance, please, please communicate with risk management directly, directly. I think most people know, talking about UIL events now, uh, all of those have been canceled in this area. And we are um, obviously, there's no, there's no plan to, to reschedule. There's no plan to schedule them in the future at this time. Uh, so just be aware that those UIL events, athletic, extracurricular fine arts, et cetera, are canceled. And I mentioned earlier uh, about staffing. I just want to be try to be clear. I don't know if this is going to be clear or not, but to staff, this is to ALEAF staff, there are some, particularly those who maintain our facilities, those who are going to be in our accounting department processing payroll, uh, some in our warehouse and our distribution centers. We are going to continue receiving mail. We're going to continue receiving deliveries. We're going to continue paying our bills. We're going to continue, as I mentioned earlier, you know, making payroll. Uh, so there are going to be some staff members that are asked to come in. Uh, those individuals be, will be addressed individually um, and compensated uh, accordingly. But just know that there will be, if you're driving around the district, you may see a car or two in the parking lots of our campuses. Please know those individuals who are on our campus are uh, approved to be there. So please don't drive by school and think because you see a couple of cars in a parking lot that you can go in there and get something out of your room right now. We, we are working on a process for you to be able to do that. But right now, 
again, March 19th at close to 10 a.m., our buildings are, are closed other than to those who have been approved to be there. All right, those are business side issues. Ms. Montgomery, I'm going to ask you to did, did I miss anything or do we need to do I need to clarify anything on on the business side from your perspective? No, you don't. We just want to make sure that everybody understands that we absolutely want to make sure that our employees are taken care of and so you don't have anything to worry about if you have questions ask your principal, ask your supervisor. If there are things that you're still wondering about, uh, we want to be able to provide, you know, that information to you. So don't feel afraid to, to ask. If, you, if you're thinking it, maybe someone else is too. And so uh, we'd be more than happy to um, work with your, your supervisors and your, your principals on getting you um, answers that you may need. Thank you. Before we begin talking about the the continuation of learning and the virtual learning and the paper plans we have, I want to just Put closure in context for those listening. A couple of things. One, the state of Texas has not ordered school closures across the state of Texas. This continues to be a local decision. So the governor, no no one has told any school district to close or ordered us to close. So they continue to make that a local decision. So we locally, so I'm going to use this term. I, I used this term yesterday on a conference call, but the greater Houston region and that includes from the Gulf Coast, Galveston area, almost to the Golden Triangle, down the coast towards Matagorda Bay, uh, all the way up through, obviously, Houston, Harris County, Fort Bend County, Brazoria County, Chambers County, Jefferson County, Montgomery County, uh, all the surrounding areas, Waller County, all these areas, almost all the way up through Huntsville, through Conroe, Huntsville, all of the superintendents are communicating. At, at one point, we were having daily calls. Now we're we're having every other day or every couple of day calls. We have a call schedule for tomorrow afternoon at 430. But all of us are in communication and we're trying to make the best decision we can. Uh, we have experts on the on the phone with us. We have uh, from the health officials. We have both from the state and from the local. I want the folks who are listening to this to know that each region, each area is trying to make decisions that meet the needs of their of their area. Uh, right now, when we we're closed through April the 10th or April the 9th, technically, because we were out of school on the 10th for Good Friday. Uh, That decision was made based on being told by everyone, and many of you already know this because you're hearing it or reading it, that we needed to be, we, school systems, needed to be closed at a minimum of four weeks if we were going to help curb the spread of the virus. So at that time, uh, we, all all the superintendents, looked at the calendar and basically said the week of April the 6th is the week prior to Easter. It's a four-day week for, I think, everyone. And so we're going to use the week of the 6th to make a decision as to what happens beginning the week of April 13th. There may be good news or there may be bad news or there may be no news. Nothing may have changed. But I want everyone, parents, staff members, kids, community members, just to be aware that we're going to use the week of April the 6th to make a decision about moving forward on either trying to schedule coming back to school or the closure may continue. That decision has not been made and will not be made until the week of April the 6th. So I just want to be clear on that. So as it relates to what Ava's getting, Ms. Montgomery is getting ready to talk about, just kind of be aware that we're this may extend well beyond uh, the week of, of April 6th. We don't know that yet, but we need to be prepared in the case that it does. All right, Ms. Montgomery, I'm going to turn it over to you to talk through some of the the things we would like for parents, students, and uh, and our staff to know about as it relates to virtual learning and paper learning. Absolutely. Well, um, first of all, I just want to assure you know our, our parents, our students, and our staff that this is absolutely something that we can do. Um, over the last week or so, uh, our teams, especially our digital learning team, our our curriculum coordinators, have just spent a great deal of time trying to prepare just for the unexpected. We wish we had more time. Unfortunately, we didn't. But the good thing is that we know that learning occurs anywhere, anytime. And the message that I want to send to parents right now is that your kids are ready. Your kids are used to using digital tools. They are, we call them digital natives. They're familiar with, you know, of course, their iPhones and their, their, their devices, their tablets, their iPads, computers. So your kids know a lot more than you might think they do. And they use these tools every day. You know, they're constantly searching for information, making videos, 
so they are ready. I do want to let all of our parents, our students, and staff know uh, that we have created a website. Uh, it's www.aleafisd.net forward slash learn. If you just visit the ALEAF ISD homepage, you will see a link there to the ALEAF Learns page, and it really does give you all of the information that you need to know. This is going to be a great experience for kids, you know, just kind of gaining and, and participating in all of those types of digital skills and, and activities that they're going to need as they move into uh, just the world of work, especially for our older kids. There are several different links there for our parents. First, I want to talk uh, in particular about our virtual plan. And this is in particular for parents and students that actually have access to technology. And when we talk about technology, what is it that you need? Well, of course, you need an uh, Internet connection, so you're going to need Wi-Fi. There are, I think Comcast is offering free Wi-Fi, and so that information is on the ALEAF Learns page as well. Uh, so you need Internet access. You're also going to need a device. And when we say device, I'm going to go back to it could be an iPhone. It could be uh, a tablet, it could be an iPad, a computer, a laptop. Your students have been using these forms of, of technology to access their resources already. Parents, there is a particular tab that you can look at, and it's, it's called Parents and Guardians. And so you guys are our partners, and, and you guys have a critical role uh, at this time in participating and, and really helping to guide your, your, your child's learning. Uh, so if you click that link, we've listed a ton of resources there for you. There's sample schedules in there. We ask that you take a look at it. We don't want to overwhelm you. We know that there are going to be questions, but you will see there's a virtual learning plan. And when you click on that virtual learning plan, you're going to notice just all of the wonderful resources that we have. We have have it listed by specific content area. So we have things for math, reading, writing, science, social studies, PE, fine arts, even our earliest learners, our pre-kindergarten, and then also our special education. We list what the resources uh, we'd like for you guys to use, and then we give you a sample of how many minutes your child should engage in that and how many times per week. Now, we do know that this is going to take some adjustment, not only on the parts of our our parents and our students, but also on the part of our teachers. So there are links. We're going to be training our teachers and our staff on this uh, at the early part of next week. So we're going to use the week of the 23rd for everybody to familiarize themselves with the site, to go ahead and start setting those routines. And we'd like to be able to go uh, live with this where we actually start engaging kids in lessons the week of the 30th. We are going to be working with our teachers at the beginning of the week so that they can uh, start reaching out to, to parents uh, and to students. We want to know, number one, first of all, how you're doing, but also if you have internet access and then if you have a device. Uh, and for those that have those devices, that's wonderful. We do believe a large percentage of our population do. We know that there's probably about 20 to 25 percent that actually don't. And so for our families that do not have access, uh, we do have a traditional learning plan that we've created. And when we say traditional, what I mean by that is pencil paper. And so we have worked with our coordinators to uh, align those physical resources, the, the pencil paper activities, very closely to what uh, a lot of our kids will be experiencing in their digital environments. Uh, some of the things that we use, the um, Computer online resources are uh, like iReady, uh, which is their math technology tool, iStation, which is their reading technology tool. We've worked with those vendors uh, to gain access to printable materials. So we've printed that information, and we've put together uh, some packets that are available and will be made available, about three weeks' worth of work. And so we do recognize that if this does continue beyond that, uh, that we may have to come back together to provide more. But we ask if you have not had an opportunity, please visit the ALEAF ISD website, look for the ALEAF Learns tab, and just start reading. Parents, be aware, we know this is new. If you're a student listening to this, here's my request of you is to, is to take this serious. If we miss a month and a half of school, 
that is a month and a half of, of teaching and learning we can't get back. Uh, so you know, I'm under no illusion that this is going to be perfect. And I'm, no, I'm under, no, under no illusion that it's going to be um, 100% uh, adhered to by every single family and every single student in our district. My request of families is to partner with us and, and help facilitate to the best of your ability your child's education you know, at a minimum to maintain what they had learned and what we had been working with them up till uh, March 12th when we, when we closed school. So and I just, do want to add one more thing, too, if possible. Sure. Um, you know, we can, you know, we do want parents to establish schedules for, for your child. Uh, there are sample schedules because the, the best thing that you can do truly is to keep your child's routine. And we know that, uh, you know, we're out on spring break right now, but we really want our, our, our parents and our students to kind of shift their minds and shift their thinking uh, to know that starting the week of the 23rd, Let's pretend like we're we're actually back in school. You know, we need to have kids getting up, getting into their routine, uh, you know, going to get their breakfast and their lunch, um, and then kind of getting logged on to their resources, getting started with the work, uh, and keeping that routine. Kids are typically in school uh, from about it's elementary, 755 to 315. We understand that there's going to be some uh, flexibility in that time, but we do think that if you keep those routines going, it's going to be just a much easier uh, time for parents um, when it comes to kind of getting the, the work done. Our teachers are going to be ramping up and, and being available via email. They're also going to be available through some of the digital tools that we have, like Class Dojo. Many parents are very familiar with that. Uh, they're also going to be available uh, to correspond through Schoology. So they're going to establish some office hours, so to speak, so that parents, if you have questions, students have questions, you'll be able to go on. But I cannot stress routine enough. And guess what? This is speaking directly to the students. We can actually see, you know, when you're logging in and what you're doing. So there is going to be an absolute expectation that you are logging in. And for those who get the traditional resource, uh, there's going to be an expectation that you work through those traditional resources and that you complete those things. Because remember, we're going to try to the best of our ability. Uh, we've got a, a whole nine weeks to go. So we definitely uh, want parents establishing those routines and making sure that their children are engaging in the work. Thank you, Ava. Now, uh, if you don't mind, Ava, let's let's talk a little bit about, just real briefly, just as mainly for staff and I guess for parents as well and students, but the assessment accountability decisions that have been made by the state of Texas. Yes. Um, I don't know. Many parents may have seen that some information listed out there on social media. The uh, state of Texas has decided to cancel STAR for the 2019-2020 school year. So what that means is the April-May uh, administration of STAR have been canceled, and they will not be rescheduled. So there's no STAR testing. But while there's no STAR testing, we still want our boys and girls prepping and preparing just as if we were going to assess. We want you guys engaged because we don't want to see any of our learning slide backwards. Um, so we still want to be just as vigilant at home with our learning. But STAR has been canceled. And so for our iSchoolers, um, we call it EOC, end of course exams. There will be no end of course exams for our, our high schoolers. So some of you may be asking, especially our seniors, what does that mean as it relates to graduation? Well, what it means is that we have enough information. As a district, there's going to be flexibility uh, where we're going to establish criteria through what's called a graduation committee, individual graduation committees, for any students that might not have passed, you know, a certain number of their end-of-course exams. And we're going to make determinations as a campus committee. So definitely for those high schoolers that have uh, work that's going to be completed virtually, you need to make sure that you're staying the course, that you're getting that work done, uh, because we are going to be looking at your body of work, your grades that you have made so far, and the grades that are potentially to come. All right. Thank you. And we will we will talk just a little bit more on graduation and all that in one second. So thank you for that for that information. One of, one of the things I know that a lot of teachers are worried about or asking about is just kind of the, the grading periods and the, you know, report cards and 
and will kids get grades for the last nine weeks grading period that at least we had them in before we closed. You want to talk a little bit about that? I do. You know, um, for the third nine weeks, see, the third nine weeks did end on March 13th. And so that's a great thing because many of our teachers were already in the process of finalizing grades. Some had finalized them. Uh, we realized that uh, there probably were, you know, a handful of kids or so in your class that might have had assignments pending. And so what we're doing is we're working through our principals and they've got to work with their teachers on making sure that we get those grades finalized early next week. We are going to make decisions in the best interest of students. We're hopeful that through some of our technology uh, resources, whether it's Schoology, any of those resources, that if children have assignments that are pending, that they can get those submitted electronically. And But our teachers will be reaching out to the parents and the families, trying to get any missing assignments, as many as possible. But again, we are going to act in the best interest of students. Our plan is to finalize those uh, report card grades for the third nine weeks and get those report cards sent home. Now, when it comes to the fourth nine weeks, much of this virtual plan and the traditional paper plan, you know, we are going to be looking and we're going to be working through what what will grading look like in this new uh, virtual or remote type of an environment. You know, we haven't yet figured that out, but we do know we're going to put forth our best effort to be able to grade this work, to review it. So we're still working through that process, but I cannot reiterate enough uh, to all of our students and our families that we absolutely want them to take it seriously uh, because, again, we do want to be able to have as much information as we can to make decisions for promotions and, and of course, even well, we all, I know we're talking about our seniors in a little bit, but for not only promotion, but for graduation as well. One of the things we learned from Hurricane Harvey for not only the event, but the, the two or a little over two weeks that we were, that most school districts along the Gulf Coast were closed, was the emotional, social impact that this is having on our on our kids and, and adults, not, not just not just kids. Maybe talk a little bit about what we're trying to do or what we we have in place to try to begin a, a dealing with people who actually have, you know, emotional reactions to this that well beyond teaching and learning. Yes, uh, we've been in close contact with our director of counseling, and and um, she's been in contact with all of our campus counselors because we do realize we're we're seeing it out there. Many of us are dealing with questions from our own children and family members, and and just our just ourselves. We know that people are worried, that uh, people may be even afraid in some cases. And so um, while we will not have face-to-face resources for counseling, we do have remote resources. We've partnered with a lot of our our wonderful partners, communities in schools, uh, community youth services, and the Harris Center, uh, who are providing just counseling services uh, remotely, virtually, and online uh, for those that might be in need. We have the Harris Center at www.theharriscenter.org, which has created a virtual online uh, response system. Uh, they do have people, psychiatrists, registered nurses, crisis intervention. And so that information has been put in the hands of all of our counselors. There are also uh, they have information on phone numbers to reach a crisis hotline should the need arise. We just want everybody to know if you are feeling overwhelmed, there are people that you can reach out to. Uh, we're all feeling that way. You don't have to think that it's just you. You're in this alone. People are worried. And so certainly we want to be there to help get people to the right resource. You mentioned it earlier about special education uh, needs and special education students. I just want to reiterate to to families and parents of special needs children who are receiving special education services that we know that there are a variety of different uh, needs that our children need. Some much more much more uh, complex than than others. Uh, but please know while we're putting together virtual learning plans and traditional pencil paper type plans, our special ed department and entire staff uh, as a district are working. Uh, to communicate with parents about trying to make sure we meet the needs of those special needs children as well. That's a. I want to be very clear that we're not just A-Leaf, but uh, school systems across the state of Texas are very sensitive to that, and we are fully cognizant of the, the role we have to play with those students as well. Ava, would you agree with that? 
I absolutely agree. And so um, we are continually, you know, just working towards making sure uh, that we are just on top of, of what's happening. We're working with uh, our Region 4 Education Service Center with the Texas Education Agency because we want to make sure that uh, we are able to get parents and get the, our students the, the resources they need and the way they need them. Thank you. Let's talk about uh, kind of a, a real-time issue, which is the class of 2020, our, our seniors. You alluded briefly to the end-of-course exam situation. So seniors, I'm talking to you right now. Many of you, and we'll, we'll talk about commencement exercises and prom and award ceremonies and all the things that go along with your senior year in just one second. But let's talk about graduation, kind of where we where we are. And I want to reiterate something Ms. Montgomery mentioned earlier. So many of you, many seniors, have taken care of all your business or through March the 12th. You've passed all your end-of-course exams. You have, up till then, you've taken care of all your, your coursework and your classes uh, as Ms. Montgomery mentioned earlier, now we're just asking that you, with some type of fidelity, uh, attempt to work with your teachers as they begin communicating with you on distance learning, virtual learning, or even the, the traditional pencil paper issues that we're talking about. We're just asking you to make a good faith effort to continue and to try to finish the school year in a very, very uh, unconventional way uh, to do the best you can. And then we'll talk about transcripts and grades and GPA in just one second. For those students who are seniors this year, and you still haven't passed every end-of-course exam, and we've got some, and kids know who they are, uh, if you're one of those students who have not passed at least one of your end-of-course exams and you were you were waiting for the May 4th, I think it's the week of, week of the May 14th, I can't remember the exact date, but since those exams have been uh, canceled for this year, what's going to happen is your school, so whether you're at Taylor, Hastings, Elsick, Kerr, early college, doesn't matter. Your school uh, is going to put together a committee, which they have done before. So this is not new. This is not new to the, to the staff. They will put together a committee called the in- Individual Graduation Committee, IGC for short, and they will evaluate your body of work. You will probably be receiving some requests for work to be done over this period of time we're closed in order to satisfy the the IGC requirements. It will be reasonable and it will be fair and it will be just a way for us to ensure that you, like every other senior across the state of Texas, has demonstrated uh, that you are, you are prepared to be graduated from high school and you are prepared to move into college, career, or the military. My request of you as a senior is to do your best and we as adults will do our best to make sure that we are fair, we are reasonable, and we're using a set of consistent standards for for students to be graduated. To parents of seniors, I want to be clear, uh, this individual graduation committee process I just explained has been done before. This is not new. It is in place to help students. It is not in place to hurt students. It is in place to help them. We all know that students learn differently and demonstrate their mastery of skills in different ways. So it is not uncommon for these individual graduation committees to come together to work with students who may not have passed every end-of-course exam and allow that student to do other things to demonstrate that they are prepared to be graduated from high school and that they're meeting the standard that we have at ALEAF ISD, uh, as well as the state of Texas. So um, I hope that's clear as it relates to the to both the seniors who have passed all their end-of-course exams and are moving forward, and for those who have not passed all their end-of-course exams and the way we're going to handle that moving forward. Just wanted to clarify that. Ava, anything else we need to do to clarify that particular issue on intercourse exams and IGCs? Uh, no clarifications. Just uh, get the work. Make sure that you're uh, logging in and checking in with your teachers, especially our high schoolers. All of you should know how to use Schoology, and so certainly you want to make sure that whatever assignments it is that you need to get done, you get them done so that you can be ready and so that uh, you know there are no issues or questions when it comes time for the IGC to consider if indeed you have met all requirements uh, for graduation. Thank you. And, and seniors and, and parents of seniors, um, I'm, I'm not under any um, illusion that every high school senior in ALEAF is going to be listening to this. But if you are and you find it beneficial, please share this information with your friends, with your, your senior friends and parents of, of seniors, of, of, of other family members and parents. I uh, just want to make sure this information gets out because there is – some responsibility being placed on you, the, the student, the senior, 
as well as the family, the parents, to reach out if for whatever reason your questions or concerns or you want to make sure that everything you can possibly do on the classwork side of this conversation, uh, some of this responsibility is on you as well. So help us out and we'll help you. All right, I want to talk real quick about actual commencement exercises, graduation. Uh, right now, graduation ceremonies are still on schedule, on our schedule. You and I both know, and let's just be honest with each other, we don't know what's going to happen between now and, and the end of the school year, end of May. Every one of us have seen what all the professional, I mean, almost every event we can think of that gathers large numbers of people together have been postponed, delayed, in some cases canceled. I know higher ed colleges are making decisions right now. Some Texas A&M University and University of Texas and several other four-year universities across the state have made decisions about their commencement exercises. I want to just speak to that because uh, right now I'm not sure what we're going to do. We're just going to have to make some decisions the closer we get to, to that event and the more information that we're given. We may not have a choice, depending on what local officials tell us we can or we can't do in terms of bringing large numbers of people together. So I'm going to ask, uh, I know this is important. Uh, I'm talking about the graduation ceremony. I know it's important. It's my favorite thing to do every year to shake the hands of every graduating senior during commencement. I know the school board, it's their favorite day of the year. It's everyone, all of our, all of us in education. It's, it's what we work for. More importantly, it's what you've worked for, you and your family. So I am extremely, extremely aware of how important this type of event is and will do everything in my power to to make sure that we have something that is that is special and recognizes the work that you as a student have put into your, your K through twelve or pre K through twelve education. Hold tight. I know this is not not a decisive decision right now, but uh, we will figure things out as they as they arise. But I think we all, going now I'm talking to the parents now, I think we all as adults just need to, in the back of our mind, be prepared for what all might happen. Maybe we have the exercises, the commencement exercises, and it's great. But we all need to be in the back of our mind, be preparing for uh, other possibilities, whether it's a delay, postponement, whatever it is. But that decision has not been made. I want to be clear, that has not been made. And we will, we will make that decision as we move forward. Talk real quickly about prom, award ceremonies, all the things that all these events that seniors enjoy and have as you uh, as you get ready to wrap up your pre-K or kinder through 12th grade career. Same thing. We have not made decisions on that yet. We will wait until we have more information. I know that different high schools have different prom dates, some earlier than others. But like but like I was mentioning with the commencement exercises, I know these are important. I know they are milestones in a lot of people's lives, a lot of students' lives. I, I don't take that lightly, uh, but at the same time, uh, there are things that, at hand right now that are, uh, that are kind of requiring us to, to consider other issues. So right now, nothing has been canceled. Uh, a decision is on hold until I know more. So you'll be hearing from me, you being seniors and, and our high school staff and our parents of seniors, you'll be hearing a lot more from me either through media, through social media, a variety of different ways, website, postings, things of that nature um, as we move forward. Before we end, we leave this topic, Ms. Montgomery, would you talk a little bit about the dual credit? I know there's a lot of kids out there that are worried about their dual credit courses, their advanced placement, ACT, SAT. Could you kind of update them on that? Absolutely. Um, you know, in talking about dual credit specifically, um, you know, we partner with Houston Community College, and uh, we are co in constant contact with them. And so uh, they have indicated that they do plan to go virtual. And so those virtual classes, students who are participating in dual credit uh, should be checking their, their email. Uh, your teachers, your professors will be corresponding with you with regards to uh, what that uh, expectation, that virtual expectation will be. Uh, so we want to make sure that you are absolutely following that so that you can get the credit uh, for those courses. You guys have been working hard so far this semester, and we want to make sure that you, you finish that up strong. So look out for those emails. Uh, if you do not, we strongly advise parents uh, to get in contact with uh, the high school principal. Uh, you, you can find their email address on the web. You can visit their campus webpage because our principals are checking their, their emails daily. 
Uh, so dual credit, uh, we do fully expect that to be virtual. When it comes to SAT, ACT, uh, we've been closely following that. And what's happened is they have canceled the administrations that were coming in, I think it was March, and we had the College Board canceled the March and the May SAT, and ACT has pushed theirs back as well. So they're looking at June administrations for those exams. We have pushed that information out uh, on our website, uh, but if you had one of those exams scheduled for March or May, that has been canceled. The next opportunities will be in June uh, should, uh, you know, uh, we, we slow the curve of this virus. And so just please look for that. And if you're scheduled to take it, uh, we would hope that you would get signed up for the June administration. With regards to advanced placement courses, we know that a lot of our students depend on, uh, you know, continuing that and uh, making sure that they can take their exams so that they can earn their, their college credit. AP, the College Board, is currently working on uh, streamlining testing, and they're looking at some at-home options for, for those exams, so a virtual option to participate in that exam. That hasn't been finalized at this time, but as it is, we'll be communicating through our, our campuses and through our teachers who teach those advanced placement courses to make sure that our students who are enrolled uh, understand what the expectations will be for testing. Yeah, these are all issues that are critical to seniors. We know it. Ms. Montgomery knows it. Obviously, your your teachers and your, your high school uh, administrators and counselors, we, we are all aware of the criticalness of this. As we learn more information, we will share that with, with you. But I'll go back to something I said earlier. We also expect students to kind of take some responsibility. And if you haven't heard anything or if you're questioning something, please reach out and let us let us know so we can we can respond. The last thing I want to talk about is just kind of future communications, and this is for everyone, particularly staff members and, and parents. As a district, we have utilized every communication platform uh, known to man, uh, including this podcast. Uh, I don't know how many school districts are using podcasts to communicate, but we're one of the very few. But we are attempting to use every communication platform we have to get information out to parents and staff. So uh, continue to look for communications on our web page. And I'm going to say it just, I'm sure most people know it, but it's www.aleafisd.net. Again, www.aleafisd.net. And when you log on to that, onto our web page, and I'm doing it right now as we're talking, first thing that's going to pop up is this notice about our closure through the 10th. But then there's going to be at the very top, there's going to be for the latest update on COVID-19 coronavirus, please visit webpage. And if you click on that, it's got a, a hot link right there. It'll take you to our webpage. And on the left-hand side, it says uh, the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, and there's just a laundry list of things, uh, links, information, etc. cetera. Uh, when you click on, when you're looking at that coronavirus page on the left, the very the second bullet for parents as it relates to what Ms. Montgomery was referring to earlier with Ailey Flerns, there's an Ailey Flerns link, and you click on it, and it takes you to all the things that she talked about. It's got Mills curbside pickup information. We will talk more about this in later uh, either podcast or communications, but uh, our out-of-country travel reporting forms for students, parents, and employees. We're going to be talking more about that the closer we get to starting school back up, whenever that may be. And so just a lot of information. Parents, I would strongly encourage you to look at one of the bullets that's called Parent Updating Contact Information. If you're not getting information from our district, it may be because we have do not have the most recent contact information for you, whether it's a cell phone, email, etc., or social media. Please go on that link and update it so we can have the most updated information so that you can get uh, our information as we send it out directly. Staff, same with you. There's a link for staff update contact information. Please use that. Uh, update it if you've moved, if you've changed phone numbers, if maybe we, the number was inputted differently. I, whatever the case is, just please make sure that's up to date because that is our lifeline for communications to, to, to you guys. We will continue updating the webpage, as I mentioned, and for communication blasts, things that we need to get out quickly, Please, please, please visit our or, or have access to our Twitter page and our Facebook page and 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 again our web page. I think uh, most people are are accustomed to that. Last but not least, I uh, just want to tell everyone that that um, 
these are interesting times. <laughs> but I, I can't tell you how proud I am to be in a profession that literally within 24 to 36 hours shifted from, well, we have to close school because of this virus to how do we maintain a safe and secure environment for students and then how do we continue teaching them? I know of no other industry that can do what what educators across the state of Texas and across this country, quite frankly, and in particular our school district because we've been leading this for, for in large part. But I can't think of another industry that what's being done right now in education to maintain some level of education for students. It's not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have to correct those mistakes. We're going to have to learn from them. But it is inspiring to watch what's happening and to listen to our staff on the school board telecommunications meeting Tuesday night and then talking to them on a a three-and-a-half-hour conference call yesterday, how much preparation and planning time has gone into putting something together to continue school. I don't know of any other industry that could do that. I don't know of any other industry that would be asked to do that. But nevertheless, it's what our community expects. It's what our parents expect. It's what our community and our taxpayers expect. And more importantly, it's what our students need. Yes, we need to continue working towards continuing the education, but I just want people to take a step back just for one second, including educators, and just look at what's happening as we literally transform school within a week from something where everybody showed up in a building to something where no one's showing up in a building. Parents and community, we just request that you be our partners in that. Staff members, I ask that you continue to be professional. Yes, this, these are days off. I know we're on spring break right now, but a lot of people have been working through their spring break. A lot of people had their spring break plans canceled, including students and families and staff members. But as we begin to move into the week of the 23rd and the week of the 30th and, and so on, remember that we're, we're all professionals and we will continue working as hard as we can for all students. So with that, I am eternally grateful for, for the professionalism being shown across our district, across our region, and across the state of Texas as we, as we move forward. Stay calm. Pay attention to the news. Do your own research. Use good judgment. Uh, our country has gone through a lot of things. I was talking to my son last night, and, you know, we've gone, this country's survived civil wars. It's survived two world wars. It's survived the assassination of presidents. It survived September the 11th, 2001. Uh, we are strong. And uh, what makes us strong is, in large part, the education community being the hub of every community. And uh, ALEAF ISD will play that role, and we will do our part in our community. So uh, with that, before I close, uh, Ms. Montgomery, is there anything else you, we need to share that before we wrap this one up? No, I just want to say that together we can do this. Yeah, this, this, is, this is doable. So stay safe. Uh, keep your social distance. Stay at home if you don't have to leave. If you do, protect yourself, protect others. We'll, we'll have more communication coming out as we, as, we, as we move forward. Thank you, guys. This has been uh, Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers, and I'm proud to say I serve as Superintendent Schools for Relief ISD. This has been an AMP production.